وَلَا مِنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءَ They cannot encompass anything of his knowledge except what he wills. What does it mean by يُحِيطُونَ يُحِيطُونَ is from حَوَّطَ And إِحَاطَ We have done the word مُحِيط before. إِحَاطَ is to encircle, to encompass something from all sides. Now, they cannot encompass anything of his knowledge. What does it mean by this, of his knowledge? The first meaning is, knowledge about him. Knowledge about him. Knowledge of him, meaning knowledge about him. So people cannot know anything about Allah, except what Allah allows them to know. You understand? You see, if there is an object that you want to study, if there is a creature you want to study, for example a bird, What do people do to study that bird? What will they do? They will observe it, they will capture it, they will measure it, they will put it in situations, in things or in places where the bird is not too happy. Right? Sometimes they'll even kill the bird against its will. They'll do all sorts of things just to know about the bird. Isn't it? Because they think that they have some control over the bird. That's how you study something. When you can examine it by your will. Some things you don't have control over, like for example a mountain, or maybe something in space. So what do you do? You come up with some tools, you make some machinery so that you can observe it. You can carry out some tests, you know, a telescope, you'll send something in space so that you can observe it. You'll take pictures, right, and study those pictures. If it's something within reach, you capture it and study it. If it's something beyond your reach, You learn about it by observing it. Isn't it? This is how we study different things. But as we discover and learn about more and more things, we realize that so much is simply beyond us. We cannot even study those things because we cannot control them. And this is creation. Like for example, if we want to know more details about Venus, the planet, How is that possible when we cannot even reach there? When we cannot even set our foot there? When we don't even understand its nature? Now this is with creation. Observable. Something that we can reach. We can have some access to. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah azza wa jal, Allah tells us in the Quran, لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبُصَارِ Vision cannot perceive Him. Meaning our human eyes, which have the best lens, they cannot perceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then, how can we learn about Allah? Who He is? What He does? How can we know about Him? We can only know about Him what He Himself tells us. And this again shows us our helplessness. وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ Another meaning of this is, عِلْمِهِ, his knowledge is referring to knowledge of everything. Because his knowledge is complete. So everything that exists, everything that can be known, is known to who? Allah. So it is his knowledge. So we cannot learn about anything unless Allah allows us. Unless Allah teaches us. And this is so amazing. Sometimes something may be 
right in front of you, but you miss it. You miss it. Like for example, when you're doing research and you open up, for instance, a book, a dictionary, a paper, and you're just trying to you know, scroll quickly, look for the right word, you're just skimming through the text because you don't want to bother reading everything. And sometimes you even do read everything, but you don't find what you're looking for. And then later, somebody else reads it and finds it. Or you read it again and you find the information you were looking for. So sometimes something may be right in front of you, but you miss it. The other day we were driving and I saw a secret police car. All right, It was gray, so you couldn't really tell it was a police car. And it was going really fast. On the highway it was like going around 130, 140. So what happened, another vehicle started following it. It was an ordinary vehicle, started following it. And basically because this police car was like weaving through traffic... Alright, this guy thought it was so clever of him to follow this gray car, you know, and weave through traffic with him. So he started going on 140, 130 also. And I was just like, what's this guy doing? He's going after a police officer. He doesn't even know that. Does he know that? What is he doing? He's going on 140 constantly. And after a good 5-10 minutes, the cop changed lanes. The other car kind of slowed down and he just caught him. I was like, poor guy. He thought he was... You know, going through traffic so quickly because he found some, you know, driver who knows how to go through traffic quickly and he had no idea that that car was a police car. He was following that car. Imagine, the police car wasn't behind him. He was behind the police car. And he did not even know that it was a police car. لَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ We can sometimes miss the very, very obvious. Because if Allah does not allow us to learn about something, to find out about something, we will never find out. This is how little control we have. And what this teaches us is that if we ever learn about something, ever, whatever that information may be, This is whose gift to us? Whose gift to us? Allah's gift to us. Because we could never learn unless Allah allowed us to learn. So no matter what you have learned or you are learning, whether it is another language or it is a particular science or it is some history, some geography, some physics, whatever it is, realize that this is Allah's gift to you. وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ وَسِعَ كُرُسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ His kursi has capacity for the skies and the earth. You see this word wasi'a, it's very interesting. When something wasi'a, another, what that means is that it can contain another. Okay? It can contain another. It has the capacity for it. It's as big. It's so big that it can hold it. It can contain it. So his kursi, what is kursi? We'll talk about that. Allah's kursi is such that it has the capacity for the skies and the earth. It's so vast that it could contain within it The entire sky, not just what we see, but also the realms that are above it, that are beyond our reach, and the entire earth. 
This is how vast his kursi is. Now what exactly is the kursi? Kursi, we learn that one of the sahaba, he said that kursi is the mawdi'ul qadamain. It is the footstool. The footstool that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Kursi is different from the arsh. Alright? The kursi is different from the arsh. What is the arsh? The throne of Allah. And what is the kursi? Kursi is the footstool. It is smaller than the arsh. The kursi is smaller than the arsh. And how big is this kursi? It has the capacity to hold the heavens and the earth. Then what do you think about the arsh? How big is that? And what do you think about the owner of this kursi and the owner of this arsh? How great he is. وَسِعَ كُرْسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ The Prophet ﷺ said that the seven heavens and the seven earths combined are not in comparison to the kursi except like a ring in a desert. Can you think about this? A ring in a desert. You know a ring? Something that people wear on their finger? Imagine that ring in a desert. Can you compare the size of the two? Like what could be the ratio? A thousand? No. Infinity, I think. I mean, how could you even compare between a massive desert and a small ring? There is no comparison. So just imagine, the ring versus the desert. There is no comparison between the two. And the Prophet ﷺ told us that the seven heavens, as-samawat, wal-ard, all of them combined, what are they before the kursi of Allah? Like a ring in a desert. This is how vast the kursi is. Now imagine the size of the arsh. It's beyond our imagination. We cannot even try to imagine the size of that kursi. Have you ever tried to figure out how big a light year is? I mean, you try to imagine those numbers, those many miles, those many millions and millions and millions of miles. You try to understand the distance between the earth and the moon or from one galaxy to another, and you're like, okay, whatever. You just stop even imagining, because your brain does not have the capacity to even fathom such a huge distance. Now, try to imagine the size of the kursi. It's beyond us. Imagine the size of the arsh. It's beyond us. So then who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The owner of this arsh, the owner of this kursi, وَلَا يَؤُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا And preserving them too, meaning preserving the sky and the earth, it does not tire Allah. لَا يَؤُودُهُ يَؤُودُ from Hamza Waudal, it's basically when you get tired of carrying a load. You get tired of carrying a load. At the beginning, you know for example, you're at the airport, as you're traveling, you're like, yes, yes, we can manage these bags. Alright? So okay, if the allowance is, you know some people, when they're traveling, many people actually, when they're traveling, if the allowance is 23 kilograms, they will make sure that it's 23 kilograms, not 22. 
And if they're allowed two bags, they will say yes. Every person has to take two bags. So if a family of four is traveling, they will take eight bags. Each bag being 23 kilos, not less. And as they're leaving their house, they think, yeah, yeah, we can manage. But by the time they reach their destination, what happens? Picking up those bags, putting them down, lifting them up, dragging them, carrying them from one place to the other, it exhausts them. Once I was traveling, and I did something similar, and by the time I reached my destination, I was so exhausted, and I found out actually that the bags got lost. And generally, like, imagine if you find out that your luggage got lost, how would you feel? A bit worried. You know how I felt? Alhamdulillah. Seriously. I was almost glad that I didn't have to deal with them. Because just the thought of dragging them and opening them up and then dealing with whatever was inside, it was just so exhausting. And this is what? Just looking after eight suitcases. How difficult could that be? Do you ever get tired looking after your stuff? That one day you clean and then you expect that things should stay clean for some time. But then after a few days, they're messy again. And you clean them up. This is hifl. Hifl is to not just look after but preserve. To make sure that they are safe. To make sure that they don't get lost. To make sure that they don't get damaged. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly preserving the skies and the earth. And this constant preservation does not make him tired. It does not fatigue him. Think about it. How many things could go wrong on earth that could destroy life on earth? Many things, right? Like for example, we know that the earth is constantly spinning, right? Constantly moving. Now imagine if that speed slows down. If the earth does not move at its speed, it does not rotate at its speed, then what would happen? Would life get affected? Certainly. It's going on its orbit around the sun at a particular distance. Right? Imagine if that distance was not maintained. If it moved just a couple of feet or a couple of miles to the right or to the left, closer to the sun or farther away from the sun. Could that cause a problem to life on earth? A huge problem. Think about it. The earth, what's inside of it? What's inside of the earth? Magma, lava, whatever you want to call it, right? And the plates are constantly moving, right? What happens when they move a little bit too much in one place? Earthquake. And what happens because of that small earthquake? Devastation. So many people, they lose their lives. So many buildings are destroyed. Infrastructures are ruined. Imagine now, so many things could be going wrong on earth. Could be going wrong somewhere in space. And one accident and the entire earth could finish. Who is preserving the earth? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this constant preservation does not tire him. You see when you have to preserve, look after something for a year. Have you tried looking after plants? Have you tried looking after a flower bed? Hmm? Have you seen people doing that? They're pulling out weeds and they're softening the soil and you're like, come on dad, you're doing it again. Right? You just did it last week and now you're doing it again. And now you'll do it again a week later and then you'll make me do it also. You get tired. 
Your family gets tired. Looking after just one flower bed, making sure that the weeds don't grow too tall. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly preserving the skies and the earth and it does not tire him. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ And he is الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ Perfect names mentioned over here. Who is الْعَلِيُّ الْعَلِيُّ is from Ulu. Ulu is height, to be high. So Allah is Ali, meaning He is the highest. He is the highest. So none, no one, nobody at all is above Him. Remember that the entire creation is under the arsh of Allah. Okay? The entire creation is where? Below, under the arsh of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an that He istawa. He is over His arsh. He is above His arsh. So there is nothing above Him. No one is above Him. He is the highest. And then secondly, what this also means is that He is the highest. The entire creation is below Him. Meaning He is the all-powerful, dominant over the creation. So everyone is low and weak before Him. His will, His command prevails. What He decides happens because He is the highest. And He is Al-Azim, the Great One, the Most Grand. So what does it mean? That everyone and everything is small compared to Him. Azim shows us the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His great status so everyone is small before Al-Azim. And when he is Al-Ali, what does it mean? Everyone is low before him. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ Recitation again of the same ayah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءَ وَسِعَ كُرْسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَؤُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ So what do you understand? What do you understand from the Ayatul Kursi? Your turn to speak. So I was just sharing with Seher how, you know, just everything that we know about the universe is just the first guy. And then there's seven of them. And then above that is the Kursi. And the relevance of all the universes in front of the Kursi is like one ring in the, in the middle of a desert. And the Kursi itself to the, compared to the Arsh is similar in ratio. And then Allah is on top of the Arsh. He's above the Arsh. He's the creator of He's the Arsh. He's the creator of the Arsh. So just like the, we cannot even comprehend His greatness. And so despite all of that, I mean, He's still so close and connected to us. And we can feel Him in our hearts. 
And in the following verses, we learned that Allah is the friend of those who believe. So high, so great, so powerful, yet He befriends who? The people who believe in Him. The people who rely upon Him. Just reflecting on um, the idea of preservation, how um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, preserves and maintains everything. And just, uh, I guess, recalling a, a show that recently came out. It's this called The Zoo. I don't know if anyone knows about it. It's a series. And um, the, the idea is that these animals, all of a sudden, with all their capacities, uh, decide to uh, eliminate human beings. And it's fascinating, um, very interesting, but we really don't reflect on the reality of that situation. Mm. Um, it has happened in the animal kingdom where they do go after human beings. Um, I come from Kenya and a group of lions decided to attack human beings who are creating the railway. And they had to take down that pride, but it took a long time and they deliberately were going after human beings. And we don't reflect on that at all. And so a show like that was incredible because uh, he, all the animals with all their capacities came after human beings. And that we've taken for granted, yeah. I think. Yeah. We really take the safety of the earth for granted. Microphone over there. Okay, just last week I had the opportunity of going to the Grand Canyon in Arizona and getting back to the verses that you mentioned that Allah only allows you what he wants you to know. It was so majestic and so grand. And I think everybody just wanted to know how it was formed, but the guides weren't really giving you the answers that you wanted to know. I mean, it was very basic, and you just it would get you to a point of frustration because you just were in awe of the majesty. Yes. And it happens in so many times in our lives that we want to know more, right. but we're not able to. We're not able to. And there must have been like 600 people just standing there. And everybody was in so much awe you could hear a pin drop. Because it was so big compared to us. It was so majestic compared to us. We were so small and so insignificant compared to just this one wonder, right? Yes. There's so many wonders in the world. This was just one. And this is just one small part of the earth. And how small is the earth compared to the sama? the samawat, and all of this is like what? Just a ring in a desert compared to the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the thing is that Ayatul Kursi reminds us of how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Right? Because we forget how great He is. We don't think of Him as the greatest one. Which is why we openly disobey Him. Which is why we begin to fear people more than we should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We begin to love people more than we should love Allah. We try to impress people and please people more than we should try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why it's so important for us to not just recite Ayatul Kursi, but recite it with understanding. Know what you are reciting. Feel what you are reciting. So it can really have an impact on you. It can help you. It can protect you. So every person, recite Ayatul Kursi right now. With understanding. Recite it yourself. I want to see every single person reciting. Start now.
You see this hadith over here on page 9? The Prophet ﷺ said that whoever says Subhanallah al-Azimi wa bihamdihi that perfect is my Lord, the Great One, and I mention His praise. So basically, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying that He is Al-Azim, one of the names we learn in Ayatul Kursi. If a person says that a hundred times uh, in the morning and a hundred times in the evening, then no one in the creation will have the same level as Him. So reciting, Subhanallah Al-Azim wa bihamdihi, mentioning the great name of Allah itself is a source of great reward. So quietly, Say Subhanallah al-Azim wa bihamdihi yourselves as you stretch. Put your book down. Okay? Stretch your arms. Stand on your toes. And do tasbih. And when you're done saying it five times, you can sit down. Alright. Let's continue.